Hello. Harry Potter. Mm, Potter. Potter, I hardly know her. <laughs> oh, boy. Good jokes. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. It's part two of our uh, AMA Spooktacular, celebrating our 100th episode. This it's is the episode, episode so nice. We did it twice. Yeah, because we were so good at staying on topic that we just got through too many questions, and so we had to get some more. <laughs> That's not true. We got through like half of them last week because we just kept coming up with all kinds of weird dumb bullshit uh well if you stayed with us this long then uh this is what you've come for so <laughs> and this is what so you it's get your own damn fault <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so yeah we decided to make it a two-parter mostly because we were slow and uh, we ran out of time and uh i mean i'm having a good and we time have s- and we have so many we have so few listeners at this point that if we were to not answer all of the questions then we would risk alienating our last (laughs) yeah actually that's a good point (laughs) yeah which uh if you guys want to share the show and try and get more listeners for us please do that would be very good for us Um, yeah i do not have time or energy to try to get the word out well we're busy boys and uh a couple of bbs we we, we got, this is a great, basically as adults, in order to have friendships, you have to have some sort of uh, project to work on, at yep. least as male adults. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like the the, the final strand of our friendship. <laughs> it's the only thing keeping us on speaking terms. <laughs> so that's terms. why we're doing this, but uh, it would be nice if more people listened to it. <laughs> yeah, everyone just be a couple of voyeurs uh, listening to our, our friendship uh, slowly settling into a weekly two-hour call about music and nothing yeah. else. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. It's like we're bowling alone over here. I don't know if that tracks, so, but I said it. Yep. Where we left off last time, we had just answered Carl Eric Tangent's question about Shania Twain titles and mm-hmm. exclamation points. It was very fun. We did a lot of uh, mouth sounds. And we did a real uh, a, a tease for maybe a season 11 or a, a season that will come soon, which is Shania Twain. Should we just decide it now? Should we just say Shania Twain next season? Sure. You, you can, yeah, let's do it. I pushed for I, Bob Marley I, hard, and we did Bob Marley, and uh, you can push for Shania, and we'll do Shania. Let's push for Shania. Yeah. Man, I feel like Shania for season 11. <laughs> Are we going to name our seasons stop, now, stop, <laughs> like Blink Check? No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just know how much you love that show, and you just came up with a, a name right off the dome. Oh, my God. Do, are we going to have to get an engineer that we give hundreds of nicknames to also? This is poison. <laughs> I, hate what you, I hate what you're doing. This is not cute. All right. It's a, it's a podcast. You know, I'm making reference. It's like insider. Like the cool people know what I'm talking about, right? It's definitely cool and funny and cute and not sad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So Carl Eric also wanted us to cover the song mm, mm, mm by Good. Crash Dummies. Did I, I do enough mms? I think you did, but it's actually pronounced mm, 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 mm. it's actually pronounced M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M M
M&M. And it's a, it's a candy that's just like overwhelming. <laughs> M&M, 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 M&M. <laughs> There's just too much there. Oh, boy. It gives you diabetes. Um, <laughs> this is probably tired at this point, but like, do you remember... <laughs> Like the green M M&M and M came out in our lifetime. The sexy like, green M M&M? and M. Yeah, the one that fucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. All the M and Ms want to fuck the green M M&M. and M. Yeah, they do. Is she the only female M M&M and M still? Uh, the only obvious, the only female coded M M&M. and M. Uh, yeah, the rest of them are a, like a bunch of Mike Wazowski's, basically. Yeah, you got like the red have... one and the yellow one are the ones that I remember. You got like the the fast. The yellow talking... one has a peanut in it. A what? So that's in probably it? a gen a peanut. Oh, 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 okay. I, so that's I probably you. a gender in the M&M, like, species. Oh, you Having you mean, a peanut. Because he, cause he nut. <laughs> a peanut means he nut. Uh, you don't think the green M&M nuts? I feel like the green M&M nuts. Well, that's erasure. Not, 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 not if, if all she's working with is uh, red and yellow over here. I don't think they're going to be really fulfilling her needs. Yeah clearly um isn't there an orange one that's well no sorry let's move on let's talk about this song <laughs> wait now okay, what's poison cameron what was that you were saying about poison and unfunny and uncute and stupid and uh sad by crash test dummies play the goddamn sound it's good shit i have to find it though god damn it oh here it is sample that it was from when the cousin smashed so hard. So that was a really short sample. Did I take that? Yes, you did. It's less than 15 seconds long. All right. <laughs> I mean, you got the mm-mm-mm part. Um, yeah, so you got a little flavor of what they're singing like, which is a little strange. Mm-hmm. It's another affected vocals, just like with uh, What's Up. I th- is yeah. this also a 90s song? Yes. And it definitely takes me way back to uh, the 90s. Um, I think I've heard this song before. I mean, the version I know best is Weird Al's version. It's called Headline News. And uh, there's now, a verse about um, Tanya. Uh, who's the one who beat up the figure skaters? Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Yeah. And there's a verse about the guy who went to Singapore and was like spray painting things. And then he got caned in the prison. Wow. Yeah. Weird just, Al. Like, yeah. Weird Al. He's Getting a little edgy. <laughs> ripped from the headlines. Okay. So this song, it's, it's got three verses and each verse is a different story. Yes. First verse. It's a kid who got into an accident, and when he finally came back to school, his hair had turned from black, had turned from black into bright white. It's not just white, it's bright white. Yeah, he said that it was from when the cars had smashed him so hard. Yes. And then the chorus is... Yeah, I I hear um, from one of the genius annotators that when they they were writing the chorus, he didn't have lyrics, uh, and they just liked the humming, so they kept it instead. They're just like, eh, yeah, we don't need words here. It kind of works more like like it's an instrumental hook instead of you know some sort of summative, you know, typical chorus where the lyric like, and here's the idea that pulls these three verses together. So the second verse. Right 
is once there was a girl who wouldn't go and change with the girls in the change room. That's what you call it, the but change when, room. Yeah, but when they finally made her, yep. they saw birthmarks all over her body. She couldn't quite explain it. They'd always just been there. It is completely astounding that this song was like a successful single. <laughs> Can we just like take a step back and marvel that it is like it is like a bare naked lady style Canadian acoustic pop. Um, yeah. With no lyrics in the chorus, and it has a very odd vocalist doing like a bass baritone like hum. Yes. I mean, I guess there are like hooks. The melodies are like earwormy, um, but it it's not like you know. There's no driving beat that like catches your ear, and the lyrics are like there is. There's like three different stories. It's just, it's just amazes me like the kinds of songs that were able to be singles in the '90s. I I feel like this song. <sighs> It has American Beauty, like beautiful, beautiful plastic bag kind of energy, but it came out in 93. When did American Beauty come out? I want to say 98, 99. Okay. So this- Maybe 2000? This is before it. Yes. Well before it. Yeah. So this like- um, It's also entirely uncynical. Like- uh, Yeah. Like there was so much, you know, irony and cynicism in the pop culture of the 90s, slackers and stuff. And there's just none of that here. So then there's a bridge- Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> with some extremely uh, on-the-nose ly- lyrics. But both the boy, sorry, but both the girl and boy were glad because one kid had it worse than that. And then it talks about a kid who um, uh, went to a, he, he goes to a church and they, it's like a Pentecostal church and everyone mm-hmm. lurched all over the church floor. Yeah, and that's, according to the crash test dummies, that is worse than being in a car accident and worse than having birthmarks all over your body. I think that's interesting. You you mean in terms of like, I guess, social commentary? Yeah, and yeah, I I don't know. I Okay, so I think I've never heard the song. I'm really vaguely aware of it. You did not listen to the same shitty radio stations. (laughs) You did not listen to the shitty radio stations like I did. Apparently not, or at least not at the same time. But uh, I like this song. I think it's really interesting. And if it's bluffing poetically, I think I'm not going to call it bluff. I'm right there with it. Well, it's not, it doesn't have a lot of like poetic license in the song. Like it's very straightforward story storytelling. Um, the only thing that like really tips its hands as to like opinion or viewpoint is the bridge when it says one kid had it worse than that. Be- because yeah, the, I'm not the sure rest how to of feel the, about the bridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like it musically, but the the rest of the time it's just he's telling a story in a very neutral way. He doesn't even say like, oh, this poor kid got in a car accident. He's just like there was this kid and he couldn't come to school. And when he did come, there had been a car accident and his hair was bright white. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. all of these are sort of about, they're about very personal experiences. They're about bodies and they're about optics. Right. Yeah. So that's what like ties together all three stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's about, and they're about like kind of loneliness or being or yeah. being alienated in some yes. way. So, yeah, I feel like there's not necessarily a thesis to to these. Um, like, he's not saying, and I'm singing about this because, but I feel like it does a g- good job of capturing that feeling in the music, too. The music is, like, kind of ponderous and... Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like it's not cynical. Mm-hmm. There's there's a vulnerability to it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting song. People th- people think that this song is bad. 
Why? Why? What? So reception. I'm looking. I'm on the Wikipedia. This is the kind of hard-hitting music journalism you get here on yes. the Guts at the Box set. Although highly successful when it show. was released, has since been frequently included on lists of bad songs. The song oh, yeah. was number 15 on VH1's 50 Most Awesomely Bad Songs Ever, named by Rolling Stone as the 15th Most Annoying Song, and ranked at number 31 both on Blender's list of the first 50 Worst Songs Ever, contrasting VH1 named Mm-mm-mm as the 31st greatest one-hit wonder of the 1990s in 2011. What uh, the fuck? Yeah, there are way worse songs than this. Like, a, uh, like the the worst thing you could say about this song is that um, the humming is a little bit weird, right. and then maybe like the vocal style is affected in a way that you don't like. But I mean, like musically, it's it's it, it's not offensive in any way. You know, it, that's dumb to say this. Say this is a dumb. This is a bad song. <laughs> so there's this uh, humorist essay from uh, PJ O'Rourke. And he he wrote, even the bad things are better than they used to be. Bad music, for instance, has gotten much briefer. Wagner's ring cycle takes four days to perform, while mm, 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 mm by the crash test dummies lasts little more than three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like the burn Wagner, on huh? Wagner, <laughs> but yeah. like, I feel like that mm, 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 mm is, is undeserved. Um, yeah, exactly. Like you could you could take any number of like shitty grunge songs that are way worse than this song. Yeah, I feel like this is way better than most Nirvana songs I've heard. <laughs> Ooh, harsh words. Ooh, are we going to cover oh, Nirvana? Are we going to re- take down Ooh. Nirvana? Because you like Nirvana, oh, don't boy. you? Well, I don't know. I don't know to what extent. Like, It's hard to get a neutral viewpoint from which to judge them, being a, a white guy who grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it yeah, was but very I, I much... Was- I was somehow sheltered from Nirvana, maybe because I was the oldest kid. Yeah, I don't know what that and was. I'm a little bit younger than you. I yeah. Think the, I think the mix of you having an older brother. Is your older brother technically Gen X? No. He's still millennial? No, we're both millennials, yeah. I guess I don't know how much older he is than you. but He's less than a year older than me. He's older than you, and you're both older than me, and he had access to stuff, and then he showed you Nirvana. I He didn't, did not- though. I got it mostly from the radio. Oh, okay. I, and I don't, I don't know about like the Portland area radio stations, but down in Eugene, we were still very much stuck in the early '90s in terms of dumb white people music that was on the radio. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it's just you being a couple years older than me then, but uh, yeah, Could I be. and just like I don't know, it took me a while to start listening to the radio. Mm, mm-hmm. But I'd be interested in covering Nirvana because people really respect them. And I feel like I, I don't know, I haven't done like a deep dive, which is why I'd be interested in doing it. But I feel like maybe they're, they're bad. Oh, it's really hard to say. Like I've listened to all of their albums enough times that I don't know. I don't know what I, what I would say about that. Interesting. Yeah. Lyrically, I don't know. They they kind of to me are a pretty strong example of like '90s detached uh, like cynicism, and I'm just like not very convinced by that, and don't really respect it. Really, yeah, me neither. Yeah, cowbunga, dude. Don't have a cow. Ca- yeah, <laughs> caring things is caring about things is cool now. Um, but yeah, uh, anything else to say about this song? Oh, did you watch the music video? Uh, yes. It's pretty fun. It's like the the band is the pit band for a stage play that is getting watched by like 
all the parents. It's like parents a school get to play. See. Yeah, it's like a school play. Sorry, I should have said that. And the parents get to see their kids enact like all these stories. And I think some of them are like kind of convicted by that. If I remember right, the religious parents like recognize the horror of what they're putting their kid through and like start yeah. crying or something. Hmm. Or maybe it was a different set of parents. I forget. Uh, the lead singer also does the weird like duck, duck lips thing in the chorus. You mean with Pringles? Uh, nope, with his own lips. <laughs> you, you mean in the mm mm mm? Yeah. Are you saying he does an open mouth hum? No, he just like he does it. He does like the duck lips. He's like, mm. I huh. don't remember if it's during one of the humming parts. It's it's during some part. I forget. Interesting. Um. Yeah. I I really like the background vocals on this song, and uh, I've always liked the bass work. The bass is like pretty melodic in a uh, in a pretty compelling way that I like. Oh, did you get a sound sample for that, Nathan? Um, I mean, I mean, oh, I actually did. I hear you're going to listen to a sound sample right now, and it's definitely going to be me playing a sound sample and not Cameron editing in something after the fact. God damn it. (laughs) You don't have to edit it in. People can check it out on their own. It's it's also a pretty well-known song. Go listen Um, to the mm, 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 crash crash test dummies. Mm, you <laughs> oh i think i i think i got uh audio of the bridge oh yeah let's take a look maybe, maybe there's some bass in that could be that was a little bass especially in the beginning of that sand sample yeah <laughs> all right As so as a side note, um, the song being called Mm-mm-mm-mm uh, just makes me think of um, Young Frankenstein. Um, uh-huh. There is a, at, at one point when the monster is like, Frankenstein, yeah. At one point when the monster is waking up and he goes like, mm. uh, I think Gene Wilder himself is like, oh, what was that? And then he's like, I thought I heard you make a yummy noise. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's such a, a fun way to describe going like, mmm, it's a yummy noise. <laughs> How great it is to be alive. It's delicious. Yummy. All right. So Snivitz from the Discord mm-hmm. asks, I want to ask what the reflection on magnets, how do they work in the context of folks who have listened to all of ICP's work? I would also... Oh, you're moving stuff around. Thanks I'm for moving, doing that. I'm trying to read here. We're on the same Google Doc. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> well, it's because you had the old question like still mixed in there. Yeah, but I moved past it. Okay. It was confusing uh, would, to me. Okay, so then... So I then, confused uh, you back. They ask another question, so we'll get to that later. Um, so we are... I mean, to be fair, we, we kind of already did cover the song Miracles when we... And that was like late in their career, so like late in the season. Yeah. But uh, I guess we've heard a little bit of their music since they released the song Miracles. Yeah, I mean that came out in like two thousand. That's almost twenty years ago. Yeah. So it's definitely oh. not their their last word. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So um, let me let me pull up the lyrics from Miracles. Yeah. I I just was um, I referenced it in a conversation with a friend of mine. Hi Matt, if you're listening, you're probably not. Um, I referenced the line, like, magnets, how do they work? And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And uh, then I showed him uh, at least part of the Miracles music video. And I was, like, trying to explain, like, the sincerity of of ICP combined with, like, their tongue-in-cheekness. Yeah. And, like, I love... I love... um, Shaggy's... Shaggy's little uh, line about the scientists. Yeah. 
He's like, fucking magnets, how do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. That's that's the sound sample that I have if you want to play oh, it. Oh, yeah, let's let's take a listen. It's all that's found in water, fire, air, and dirt. Fucking magnets, how do they work? And I don't want to talk to a scientist. Y'all motherfuckers lying and getting me pissed. Solar eclipse and vicious weather. <laughs> that's so funny. It's... <laughs> It's so hard, like, because they're so sincere, but they're also so tongue-in-cheek. And especially, like, Shaggy is very deadpan. So I'm, like, I was, like, trying to explain to my friend Matt, like, yeah, these lines, they're really funny, but they're also, you can't tell if he's being completely serious when he's, like, motherfuckers, those scientists are always lying. Like, he can't possibly mean that, right? Like, he's got to be kind of tongue-in-cheek. But then, on the other hand, you're, like, maybe he does think that. (laughs) It's really hard to say. Uh, yeah, so I, f- I feel like the, the, the main idea of this song, if there's a thesis, it, it's at the beginning of verse one, where Violent J says, if magic is all we've ever known, then it's easy to miss what really goes on. But I've seen miracles in every way, and I see miracles every day. So I feel like what he's trying to say is you don't even really need like supernatural, like metaphysical beliefs because just the natural world is miraculous. Look at the mountains, trees, the seven seas, and everything chilling underwater, please. But then mixed in, (laughs) mixed into this, all all of these natural miracles, I feel like there are some... uh, There's UFOs. There's UFOs. (laughs) A river flows. Which, to be fair, maybe... maybe, (laughs) That's legit. I don't know. Um, I mean, it just means unidentified flying object, and there's a right, tons yeah, of those all right. the time. And there are. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, my favorite lines though are um, are these ones. I fed a f- I fed a fish to a pelican <laughs> at Frisco Bay. It tried to eat my cell phone. He ran away. <laughs> yeah. Shaggy Doodup says he ran away. He wants in on this story. <laughs> yep. I love it's just a such a fun, compact story. Uh it tries to eat his cell phone and then it runs away. It doesn't even like it doesn't fly, fly away. It just runs. <laughs> it just books it. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so great. Violent J points out that music is magic. Uh, you can feel it and hear it, but it can't be seen. You can't even hold it. Yeah, it's just your there motherfucking in the air. magic. Yeah, <laughs> in the this music video, blow he your says that, and then he kind of looks out, like just yeah. he just thinks about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> music is a lot like love. It's all a feeling, and it fills the room from the floor to the ceiling. Not wrong there. Yeah, yeah. This is man. Yeah, I really appreciate this song because it is so unabashedly sincere and celebratory and uh, it just like expresses so much wonderment at being alive and the kinds of things that exist on this planet and even, you know, around us in the universe. And uh, yeah, I there's not you don't hear that kind of stuff a lot in pop culture, like anywhere, really, um, let alone music that comes out of poverty and violence and uh insane clowns <laughs> yeah he kind of tries to tie it in to the rest of their oeuvre it says the dark, the dark carnival the dark carnival is your invitation to witness that without explanation i was like i is does this really tie together yeah with the rest I, of don't, song? Yeah. I don't know especially considering like the dark carnival is like a weird freak show that goes around punishing bad people right 
Oh, but then it uh, sort of like morphed into a religion with good people or something. Right after that, he says, crows, ghosts, the midnight coast. <laughs> so ghosts are part of the natural world that... They are a miracle. That are, are miracles. Magic everywhere in this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I don't... It's not my favorite of the of the uh, uh, ICP music. Um, their flow is not especially great in a lot of these lines. Although it's fun to hear them like bounce off of each other because they do, yeah. they don't do a ton of that. They they generally like will each take a verse. Um, so it's it's fun to hear them like you know joining in on lines and then like you know passing lines back and forth between each other. Oh my god, I'm looking at the track list now for this album, uh, Bing Pow Boom. There were 23 songs on this one. Boy, were there. Yeah. I, I think we cannot is, do that again. <laughs> this is, yeah, we, no. Uh, but this is, it wasn't quite that bad. I think this is one of the albums that had like multiple versions released, and each version had a few different songs. Mm-hmm. And so the one that has 23 uh, tracks, I think, is the version that like collects all the songs. I could be gotcha. wrong. Now I kind of want to check. I'm on the Wikipedia track listing. Okay, yeah, Nuclear Edition Disc 1 is 16 tracks. And then I, there's a Nuclear Edition Disc 2 has an additional 7. Um, oh, no, I was right. The, there was the blue cover, green cover, and red cover, and each of them had 16 songs. Ah, but they had two or three different ones on each one. That's right. I yeah. remember now. So Snivitz also asks, uh, I would like to know with a musical, uh, I would, sorry. I also would like to know with a musical background of playing music for several years up through end of high school trombone, uh, sorry, whoop, trombone. Boom, I forget what our sound <laughs> uh-huh. was. Something like that. Uh, yeah. And a bit of piano, what's the best way to learn chords? And music theory, a la Cameron's nerdy analysis, how dare you? Got any YouTube channel <laughs> recommendations, chord analyzers for MP3 files? I think I'll take this one. I think I'm the one that's most qualified <laughs> to answer this question. I'm, uh, I'm actually curious to, to hear your answer because you are someone who who knows about music and has, you're, you're an autodidact. Well, I, I mean, sort of. I took lessons and I took a class about music. I didn't just like teach myself about it, the weird basics of music theory that I know. Um, but I, the, I don't have an answer to this. I was uh, making a, shall we say, joke. I know. But yeah, I mean. You've, you've done a lot of pursuing musical knowledge on your own. Yeah, I would say chords and music theory. Um, I don't know. The way I acquired a lot of it back in the day was when I was taking uh, bass guitar lessons in high school. And my teacher, uh, John Sharkey, who was a member of a uh, 60s one-hit wonder band that their hit was not super, super big. Um, but he taught me like the major scale, the minor scale, and like taught me all about like the modes and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's how I learned it. I don't have any other resources about how to learn it really. You you know, I think, so, I mean, (laughs) I've taken music theory classes, you know, in college, obviously, but also throughout all of my piano lessons, I had a really good music theory teacher and I just had like a ton of ear training and stuff in high school and you know, most people don't have time to do all of that stuff if they haven't done it already and you're an adult. So I think the most uh, the most efficient way, maybe, to 
to learn chords and music theory is to do some uh, some transcriptions. So what I always try to tell my students is that their favorite songs, there's, prob- there's probably a, a music theory reason that they like the songs that they like. And if they want to understand how to have those, those tools in their tool belt, then they should transcribe the song. So if you have a song that you really like, there might be a, a reason in, in the theoretical construction of the song, and you might get to the bottom of it. So one way to do that would be to figure out the chord progression of one of your favorite songs and do a Roman numeral analysis of it. Uh, You don't actually have to use Roman numerals, (laughs) but uh, the idea being like, figure out what key the song is in. Um, The way to do this is, I mean... (laughs) It, it's it's a little bit confusing and it it's not always easy but mm-hmm. usually a song will start in the the one chord or it'll end on the one chord or when you feel a sense of resolution in the song it's probably because it's uh, resolved to the one chord that's what key the song is in if it is in just one key and then uh, you know map out the chords figure out what number the chord is because like you know, G, C, and D in the key of G, that's one, four, and five, meaning G is one, C is four, D is five. Because in the musical alphabet, you do, um, you start with the key. If you're in the key of G, that would be one. Then you go up four or up to the fourth one. That would be C because you loop around uh, the, it's just A through G and uh, et cetera. And you, you, can, you can figure out the, the quality of the chord in relation to... Um, the key that it's in and analyze the song that way because chances are the the thing that you like about the song is not the specific pitches but their sort of musical grammar so if you really like a chord progression you know try to like play along or look up if you have to what the chords are and then do a roman numeral analysis and be like oh i really like it when there's a minor four chord in a song because it makes me feel nostalgic and that's why Wake Me Up When September Ends is my favorite song. <laughs> I didn't know that was your favorite song, Cameron. <laughs> it's what an interesting choice. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, uh-huh. But there's a, there's there's a bunch of things like that. Like, oh, I like I like this song because, you know, not not because of some sort of ephemeral reason, but like because of like the musical grammar of the chord progression. Or maybe it, or maybe it's you know a different thing like uh, the the yeah. Harmony, it's not the song I love; it's the grammar. There are aspects to music that I think are deeper than analyzation, but also there are things that are like tried and true and repeated and are patterns in the 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 ways that music is written in different cultures. And there's probably a reason you like the songs that you like. Mm-hmm. Do you, as far as like specific tools though, do you have any specific YouTube channel recommendations or um, like chord analyzer programs or anything like that? I personally, I I don't know if I would trust a, I mean, maybe there's some good chord analyzers, but it's not just, I I found one on on Mac OS, I believe it's called Capo or Capo. I tried it out for a, a minute and it seemed to work fairly well. Interesting. Yeah. So 
you know, there, it, it depends, right? I mean, like some chords are really obvious, but sometimes, sometimes a song isn't quite constructed in like a, in a way that's like just obvious chords. Sometimes there's like a pedal tone and, you know, if you like the song, um, uh, hold me, I think is the name from it. Like the, the free Willy song that most, mostly that song is just two chords. It's, it has like the pedal tone underneath. It's just the same note. And then it goes mm-hmm. back and forth between a one chord and a, and a minor two chord. And it just goes up and up and then down. And it just sort of planes um, back and forth. And if you just played uh, the chords, <laughs> like, uh, maybe I'll go over to the piano. Um I don't know if I can bring this up. I, I finally have my piano in my house. So oh, uh, what I'm gonna cool. what I'm gonna play, I'll, I'll turn the mic around. I'll play the chords going up, and then I'll play the chords just going back and forth, and you can hear how uh, the song is more than just the progression. Cool. Moving the mic. All right. So like. changes keys so it just switches back and forth between these two chords but it's doing them in different inversions and there's a d underneath the entire time ah you know what i that's what yeah you know it (laughs) so uh all that is to say uh sometimes it's not as simple as just uh figuring out what a chord progression is because that would be like, oh, I like chords, or I like songs that have a chord progression of a major one chord followed by a minor two chord, and then back and forth. Well, it's like, well, there's, there's a little bit more to it than that, you know? Um, so, like, that won't get you everywhere, like a chord, chord analysis by itself. And also, um, I'm kind of skeptical that a chord analyzer will actually spell out the chord the right way. Um, so, another hmm. another example of, of this would be, and maybe this will be the last thing... <laughs> the music theory thing that we talk about. Uh, But um, at least for this question, but I remember working at this uh, nonprofit in Philly where um, there's a kid rock bands basically. And they kid rock was there. Yeah, that's right. They were all cowboy babies. It was kid rocks, nonprofit after school program. Nothing wrong with that. Was he constantly using the N word? Yes. Fuck that guy. He sucks. Yeah, I worked there for five years. It was a toxic work environment. <laughs> Shit. And they would get charts from the internet. And like sometimes the chords would be technically correct. Like they would sound right, but they wouldn't be spelled right. You know, like it would say like, oh, this is an A sharp major chord. When... Or it would say like B-E-E instead of like the letter B. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a B flat. Uh-huh. Like a little bumblebee. Yeah, I would just have pictures, mostly pictures of bees. Bees yeah. and the ocean. And uh, let's see, what else do I got? Uh, I think that's all I got out of the notes. <laughs> oh, bees and oceans. That's all I got. Uh, okay, like a C. I get it. Great. Um, yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about, uh, what is his name? J- James Collier, something like that. Dave Collier? Oh, oh. <laughs> There, there, I'll put a link to a, a, a theory, uh, a theory YouTube channel that I've heard about, but I don't have personal experience with. And you should check that out, and hopefully that'll get you somewhere. Mm. Let's move on to the next song. Yeah, it is called "Beware" by Death Grips. I close my eyes and see. 
So this is a song that I do don't feel super well equipped to um, to interact with. Um, it's pretty far outside my wheelhouse. It is a um, this band Death Grips is apparently kind of a um, how would you describe it like like an abstract underground hip hop kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's technically. I mean it's like you know not specifically pitched vocal vocal stuff. <laughs> So it's like, it's definitely like spoken, but uh, it feels weird to call it hip hop. It feels more like the ICP songs where they're just sort of droning and they have like uh, the same, uh, the same cadence the entire time. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it kind of just goes dun, 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 uh, 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 like the whole time. Right. Yeah. I guess that's a good point. It is a little bit ICP in that way. Yeah. It doesn't feel like hip hop. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like some of the, the like abstract hip hop subgenre, like Shabazz Palaces or Shape of Broad Minds or like a bunch of the Anticon stuff, like Dose One or Themselves or Subtle. Um, so that's about, yeah, that, those and ICP are probably the closest I've got to this style of, of music before. Um, the, the lyrics definitely remind me of Slayer. Uh, here's, here's an excerpt. In the time before time, eyes above which horns curve like psychotropic scythes and smell of torn flesh bled dry by hell swarms of pestis flies, vomiting forth flames lit by an older than ancient force that slays this life with no remorse. That is very Slayer. It's very Slayer, yeah. It's just pa- painting a little picture of a hellscape. Fun. Yeah, it's just a little hellscape fun. Uh, the the song starts with a Charles Manson monologue. Yeah, what's what's up with that? I don't know. I got a little audio from it. Yeah. Shit, where is it? There it is. He come to me with money in his hand. He offered me. I didn't ask him. I wasn't knocking someone's door down. I was running from that. When I got out, I was in that. I was already through that. I had that. I had the studio. He just kind of goes on for a while, and it's really hard to say what he's talking about. He's talking about yes. making money and rolling nickels. It's it's like a brag. Yeah, yeah. I got a motorcycle and a sleeping bag and ten or fifteen girls. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know why he's starting with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. I don't know what to make of the lyrics, but there's some kind of cool. I, I think the production's pretty interesting. There's yeah. like this really cool trumpet sample. Yeah, let's listen to that. The prey is to accept defeat. Power pisses on the wing. Power beheaded by the beast. Beggar on a bitch's leash. Scum is desperate for release. Persevere is the way I run. And it has that sort of like ascending, like tense sound that like I associate with <laughs> like movie trailers. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like feel tense now but it's pretty effective <laughs> yeah 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 interesting song suggested by maddie.par from the discord thanks maddie yeah. thanks for sending that in yeah very cool uh, we got another uh, question here from mime jelly they ask i'm just curious what genre or subgenre you two would be most interesting interested in exploring as well as which of the artists or bands you've di- you've covered that you find yourself going back to listen to the most and I think Maybe they were really asking what we would be most interesting in exploring. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that could be. Maybe that's not a typo. Because that is definitely um, that is definitely a factor in what yes. we can cover for this show. Uh, I think we've 
mostly covered the question about going back to listen. I think I answered um, mostly single songs from ABBA and ICP, especially ICP's fun, upbeat songs like Hocus Pocus, In Your Face, and Mighty Death Pop. Yeah. Um, as far as like genres I'd be most interested in exploring, I think I would love to get into old school hip hop. Yeah. Like, who would you want to? Who would you want to cover? I'm not really sure. There's just like so many names from back then that I um, have heard of that I don't that I'm not really familiar with, like Africa Bombata and hmm. you know uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, The Furious Five. Um, I have listened to like a little bit of Public Enemy and a little bit of Eric B and Rakim, both of which are fantastic. Um, so I think, you know, getting into the rest of Eric B and Rakim's albums and the rest of Public Enemy's albums would be great. Um, yeah, basically like hip hop before the gangster rap revolution. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Cool. What about uh, you? I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of interested in in new metal because it's something that was, <laughs> it was very important in our adolescence culturally. And mm-hmm. it's just so awful, most of it. But I have... I'm kind of curious if, like, maybe Linkin Park is good. Oh, And I'd be kind of interested in covering Linkin Park. Is this going to end up like Smash Mouth, Cameron? Because you said the same thing about Smash Mouth. It's very possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I feel like there's, there's some more stuff to sort of, like chew on with Linkin Park because there's so much hip hop uh, in their songs. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. there's like more lyrics. Yeah, totally. I think I'd also be interested in getting into some really old school country like the Carter family and like Hank Williams and stuff like before the Bakersfield sound and like the weird embrace of pop rockiness like some of the the really old country I think could be really interesting to get into Hmm. or maybe like uh to go a little bit more contemporary than two old genres that i just uh listed maybe something like uh like trap music is that what they call it trap music what's the name of that genre uh it's it's is that where Ad- admiral Ap- akbar okay <laughs> okay it's just all admiral akbar quotes i guess it's just called trap trap hip-hop yeah yeah and it's it's basically become in a lot of ways has become most of or like the main dominant form of hip-hop now um but i'd be interested in like getting into its origins and like some of its originators and the the artists that defined it back when it was becoming uh defined yeah yeah cool well should we move on to the next song yeah, we got, got two more songs. Mountains of Things by Tracy Chapman. Counts all those material things you gain by exploiting other human beings. So I had only heard a few Tracy Chapman songs um, up to this point. Uh, there's we got some real like Toto esque synth pan pipes you heard in the in the <laughs> sample. It's very like toto style um i'm having a hard time pulling it up on genius i search search for oh i guess it's it autocorrected to mountains of things which is not that's your problem that's not what it is so this is from her first album self-titled from 1988 wait no it's not no yes it is (laughs) yep um so it begins with the life I've always wanted. I guess I'll never have. I'll be working for someone else until I'm in my grave. I'll be dreaming of a life of ease and mountains. Oh, mountains of things, which uh, definitely hits home for me. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> so, but then 
she she kind of starts undercutting her own uh, fantasy. Yeah. And everyone will look at me with envy and greed. I'll revel in their attention and mountains of mountains of things. Yeah, it's a little bit of like repetition and variation. Um, it takes sort of like the dream of achieving wealth and like material goods and um, sort of shows how it's not going to be fulfilling after all. Yeah, but... <sighs> I feel like it's uh, not very artfully put. Well, I don't know. I, in, I, I like the second verse. Moments. I like in the second verse, those who deserve the best in life and know what money's worth and those whose sole misfortune was having mountains of nothing at birth. I thought that that's like kind of a fun twist on mountains of things, mountains of nothing. Yes. Do you want to play my audio sample? It says mountains of things, Tracy Chapman. Okay, Tracy, we're not dumb. Okay, yes. Counts all those material things you gain by exploiting other human beings. So that's in the what the genius calls the hook. I think you might call it a chorus, in fact. Do you want to read those lyrics? Yeah. They tell me renounce all those material things you gain by exploiting other human beings. I mean, she's not wrong. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like that isn't very like artfully put, especially like as a chorus. And I feel like it's a little on the nose. And I don't understand why this is part of her like fantasy. Um, well, there are other people entering in. I think she's saying like her fantasy is achieving these this success. And there are other people who say there's still time to save your soul. They tell me renounce all those material things you gain by exploiting other human beings. So she's she's essentially quoting these people who are criticizing her as she achieves this success. So, yeah, what am I supposed to do with all this? Um, well, I mean, it ends in a place that is not necessarily a new idea. It it could be, I mean, it's a little, it's a little bit of a twist on the uh, kind of an old idea. Verse four, consume more than you need. This is the dream. Make you pauper or make you queen. I won't die lonely. I'll have it all prearranged. A grave that's deep and wide enough for me and all my mountains of things. So she's, I mean, she's like essentially saying you can't take it with you, which is a, an old idea. Um, but it's also kind of, I think, I don't know if it's a, an intentional reference to like the pharaohs or other rich people who were buried with tons of treasure and you know even sometimes servants or wives that were sealed inside the tomb with the the dead body um but yeah i think i think she's i think this is a more sophisticated song than you're giving it credit for because it's it's a it's like an extended fantasy sequence and she's even like fantasizing about the people who are criticizing her and saying that you uh need to renounce all the material things and then she eventually like starts working through the the actual reality of what this fantasy might look like and uh she gets these lines mostly i feel lonely good good people are only my stepping stones it's going to take all my mountains of things to surround me keep all my enemies away keep my sadness and loneliness at bay and then verse five she ends it by saying it's a repeat of verse one, but it's like sort of the it, it's recontextualized in the context of the uh, the fantasy that she's been going through. She says again, the life I've always wanted, I guess I'll never have. I'll be working for somebody else until I'm in my grave. I'll be dreaming of a life of ease and mountains, oh mountains of things. 
Yeah. So she's still dreaming about it, but also it's like pretty bittersweet because she's like, yeah, <laughs> life sucks so much that even if you were to get mounds of things, you still won't be happy and it's still going to suck, but just in different ways. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I just I'm, I'm a little confused about like, what is this device of the fantasy like doing? Um, yeah. And the idea of someone having a fantasy and then <laughs> within the fantasy, having the fantasy disso- like. It's like a lucid dream. <laughs> I yeah, know. I guess. I don't know. I feel like it's a little a little strange. It is a little strange, but also like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's adding a an element of um, level-headedness to a fantasy because there there are so many people who are who fantasize about this exact situation in a completely unreflective way. They're just like, yeah, if I could just get a shitload of money, then I'll finally be happy. Like there are still people who who have that feeling, you know. As yeah. much as it seems cliched or, you know, as much it would as it would seem cliched to write a song saying that even if you got all these wealth and stuff, you still won't be happy. Like there's still people who fantasize about that. So I think she's just kind of like starting starting from that that point of oh this like utopian fantasy and then as she like delves deeper into the fantasy the more she realizes it's an illusion. Gotcha. That's sort of how I read it though. I don't know. So uh, this first verse is kind of interesting because there's not really a rhyme scheme. You want to play that sound sample? Yeah. Life I've always wanted. I guess I'll never have. I'll be working for somebody else until I'm in my grave. grave. I'll be dreaming of a life of ease and mountains, oh mountains of thangs. And then like yeah. ease and things should rhyme, but she says she sings thangs. Yeah, yeah, they could be. Yeah, you could say that they were, you know, like a an almost rhyme or like the vowel is the same, but she doesn't sing the same vowel. She says thangs. Yeah. Uh, so like it's almost avoiding whatever half rhyme that could have been. Um, and she has like and the half rhyme of have and grave, but yeah, yeah, she, it's she more like a visual rhyme. It looks yeah. like a shit rhyme. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe she should have pronounced it. I guess I'll never have, or maybe I'll be I'll working for somebody have. else until I'm in my grave. <laughs> my grave. <laughs> uh she does rhyme arrange with things that's a close rhyme Ooh, let's listen to that yeah that's a good rhyme i like that's at least assonance yeah (laughs) who you call an assonance do you want to define that word uh, that's when something rhymes in its vowels, but not in its consonants. Precisely. You passed the test. Consonants. Consonants. So I guess like consonants would be the words like chip and chop. Uh, yeah, I believe that that is an example of consonants. Shall we move on to the last song? Chip shop. Nuclear fusion by King Gizzard and the and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> Cameron, I think their name is uh, King Gizzard, Lizard, Embittered, Wizard, Delivered, the Blizzard, Considered. Uh, what? What? What this did you is, say? This uh, is suggested by Ian. I have an interesting track for you guys to listen to and discuss. It's both microtonal and the two drummers play with the stereo image in a really fun way. We won't be hearing that, but you can listen to that on your own. Yes. In your own headphones. On your own time. Reflected in your eyes from a distance. Bearing the stars above the earth. 
I really enjoyed this song. This is super fun. Yeah, this is kind of the most interesting song we listened to, I think. Musically, for sure. M- musically, yeah. I don't really know what to make of the lyrics. Uh, it's not super nuclear. comprehensible, um, is what I said. Um, the pre-chorus is, The devil's inside all the detail. The tittle runs wild under veil. Coming together in the pattern, fit tightly like a dovetail. It feels kind of like almost Slayer-esque uh, poetic bluffs. Um, yeah. Which is not to say that lyrics necessarily have to be comprehensible. Um Especially considering like how psychedelic this song feels. Yeah, they're saying things like in the lyrics, like we're essentially one being. Mm-hmm. And whenever I start hearing lyrics like that, I st- kind of stop listening. Yeah, that's <laughs> literally like, okay, a line I in the song. It. We're essentially one being. Yeah, I I think it's it's the I mean the chorus goes nuclear fusion, all the bonds that couldn't break us exponentially in fight and feather. We're essentially one being. Maybe maybe the the devil's inside of the detail. Maybe what they're trying to say is they're trying to recontextualize that idiom and say that like all of these details that separate us, that's like where the devil is. And huh. like the like basic, you know, um, oneness, it, you know, with, if you, if you squint and don't look at the details, like that's, what's important. Hmm. This is basically all lives matter. The song. <laughs> <laughs> sure not all australians and i think that's what nuclear fusion is i think that's like the uh i think that's the like metaphor hmm uh gabo jara on the genius on www.rapgenius.com says it is a song about a hive mind of beings stuck together via nuclear fusion okay which uh, but then they also like undercut themselves by saying since the theme of the album is the negative consequences on earth of humans actions this song could also refer to impact of nuclear war and nuclear weapons hmm. which which do you think it is gabo jara hmm? make up your mind songs need to just be about one thing everyone knows that <laughs> all right you got me there um <laughs> no i'm agreeing with you well <laughs> um this is that's what you said and i agree yeah both those things are true um this was fun to listen to. It's kind of like, in a way, it's a little bit like prog music. Uh, if it were made by people who had any understanding of tunefulness or uh, melody or tastefulness. <laughs> You're just venomous right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such oh in God. contrast to something like Dream Theater, which is like so masturbatory and like noodly. Like this is so melodic compared to that. And I, I enjoyed that about it. <laughs> Uh, I have two examples of microtonal organ solos. Hey, that it happens to every guy now and again. It was it was cold outside. <laughs> I, I don't I don't go calling you out for your microtonal organ. <laughs> does that track? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's listen to the first one, shall we? I think um, at least I and I think a lot of other listeners are kind of conditioned to hear microtonality in the context of a rock song as kind of like psychedelic um, because like psychedelic rock borrowed from Indian traditional music and like um, sitars and stuff. And uh, this this song definitely evokes that a little bit for me. Um, But also like it's interesting that they're doing micro tones on an organ because an organ is in general an instrument that's explicitly designed to not allow microtones. 
Yeah, because you can't like bend the note with you know like like you can bend a string or you can't really tune an organ like easily like you could tune a guitar right or like uh, i think on like a sitar which is like a profoundly microtonal instrument yes you can like i think you can like move the frets around i believe you can yeah so uh yeah but an organ isn't quite the same so i don't necessarily know how they're doing that if I remember right, also a sitar, like if you compare it to a guitar, like most, almost all guitars, when you fret a string, which is to say you press it down, uh, you press the string essentially against the wood of the fretboard and the string is stopped at the metal fret. And so it vibrates from the contact point of the fret, but you're pressing the string like into the wood essentially, or close to the wood. Whereas on a sitar, this fret is a lot taller. And so when you press down, there's still the contact point of the string vibrating is against the fret, but there's nothing beneath the string. There's no like wood beneath it. So you can continue pressing it down and that's how you can like bend the note really easily oh, interesting. compared to something like a guitar. Interesting. I believe that's true. Mm. I, I, I just talked about it for a long time. So it's gotta be true, right? Now who's doing the theory corner? Uh, it's you. Uh, oh, it's me. Uh, did you play the second one yet? Oh, no, I haven't. Let's listen yeah, do to the that. second one. It's a lot more noticeable in that because there's actual like harmonies to the lines and you can hear how they really buzz because they're not in tune. Yeah. It sounds cool. Yeah. I really enjoyed that song. Yeah. It's fun. Hmm. Uh, Also, I I was reading a little bit about it on Wikipedia and I had a massive what the fuck moment because in the Wikipedia just has this like small little sentence that they just drop right in there. It says, in 2017, the band fulfilled a promise to release five studio albums within the year this is one of those five uh or this song is on one of those five they released five full-length studio albums in one year that is i can't even that's crazy too many it's too many that's like i don't even if it were my favorite band i don't think i would want five albums in a year that's like (laughs) it's hard to keep up with you know even if it was like my favorite band of all time i'd be like all right guys slow down well, should we should we wrap things up? Yeah. Thanks, thanks for, for uh, listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, sticking with us. Sticking with us to our 101th episode. Thanks for sending in songs and questions for us. Uh, it's been real fun to sort of break from our format a little bit and just uh, mouth off and answer questions and talk about songs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really good time. All right. Well, what are we doing next week? Do we Are we doing any palate cleanser stuff or are we just jumping right in Shania? What do you think? I think these are good palate cleansers. I think we should jump in. Yeah, we did two already. Yeah. We don't have to do another palate cleanser season like we did last time. Right. Was that... A, how long was that? How much of a season it was, was like, that really? I don't know, five or six episodes. Okay. Yeah. I think we'll be starting with, I think her first album... Yes, self-titled, 1993. It's called Shania Twain. She's hanging out with a wolf on the cover, it appears. It's going to be a very calm album because there are no exclamation points. You're right. It's going to be very straightforward because there are no parentheses. Yeah, it's going to be just completely straight ahead. There's a song called Dance with the One That Brought You. Yep. Yeah. So until next week with uh, Shania Twain, 1993, I've been Nathan Hunt. And uh, if you got a peanut, then he nut. (laughs) 
and I, God, <laughs> and I've been Cameron Dewitt, and it's a trap music. <laughs> Do you think they've ever made trap porn with a trap music soundtrack taking place in a trap house with Admiral Akbar uh, narrating it? I'm looking up who composed the score to Home Alone to see who invented <laughs> trap music. Oh, my God. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it is John Williams. There you go. <laughs> really? Oh, okay.